the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Inspiration. I can do anything. Education. Let's do this. And application. Oh boy, this is going to be good. Welcome to Like It Matters Radio. Keeping us out of the water hazard with some truth therapy. And teeing up solutions for today's big issues. Here's your life caddy, Mr. Scott B. Black. So welcome to the world of Mr. Black. Come on, man. Come on, man. Welcome to the world of Mr. Black. I am he. You are you. And the time is now for Like It Matters Radio. This is where we're living life like it matters. And today you are doubly blessed because today you not only get this black man, but you get a good friend of mine. Today we're going to be joined by uh, uh, Adrian Lyles. Adrian is founder and mastermind behind a movement called Pull. Uh, Mr. Lyles, my friend Adrian, is dedicated to deconstruct the construct of race in our society. Uh, Adrian ends each daily post that he does. I follow him on Facebook. Each daily post he ends with this quote. He said, there are many colors, cultures, heritages, and nationalities, yet there is but one human race. See, ladies and gentlemen, we must be aware that we are being divided. We are. We're being pitted against each other in a powerfully manipulative way. And so today, we're going to talk to Adrian, and we're going to go over a lot of different things. Race and uh, racism and what does it mean to be black. And it reminds me of J. Vernon McGee, one of my favorite pastors who's with the Lord. He would say all the time, he said, we're all using the same language. We're all talking the same language, but we're using different dictionaries. And And today we're going to see just how true, just how apropos that statement is. And see, when we live in this world where we're basically, we're being pre-decided what's, what's, what's what and who's who. If, if you're white, you're privileged. If you're white, you're a persecutor. If you're white, uh, people won't give you a ticket. Cops won't give you a ticket. Uh, everything's easy. People pull up to you, give you cash on the sidewalk. Uh, every job's preset for you. You have no problems in life at all if you're white. But if you're black, oh my gosh, uh, it is terrible because the whole world hates you because you're black uh, and you have no rights. Uh, You can't vote. You can't get a driver's license. Uh, You're persecuted. Yeah, you're treated terribly, right? I mean, Tiger Woods, I feel sorry for Tiger Woods every night. You know how much sleep I lose for LeBron James every night? Man, uh, Beyonce... Uh, man, it just kills me. Uh, Kanye West, man, I don't remember the last time I slept thinking about how victimized Kanye West is. And Barack Obama, man, I, I, I'm saving up every penny I have to send it to Barack Obama uh, to help that poor victimized black man. I mean, it's just silly. And yet, that's what it's coming out to. There's no choice anymore. We don't get to choose uh, what we do. We don't get to choose whether we wear a mask or not. We don't get to choose the curriculum of our kids anymore. We don't get to choose what we can post on Facebook or not post on Facebook. We don't. Anybody notice? Anybody paying attention at all? That all of a sudden, 
we're not don't have the choices we used to have. We used to live in America, the land of the free, the home of the brave. And why does this matter? Because if you look at society, it is made up of a whole bunch of people. And so the the DNA, the genetic code of society, of communities, of states, of countries are people. And so what you got to do is you got to meta it down. And the same rules that apply to people apply to groups of people because a group of people is just a whole bunch of people. Make sense? Uh, and it's a crazy world out there. I mean, let's be honest. It's just, wow. I mean, I pull up my uh, news feed. Or actually, I should say my uh, email. Yeah, and it is the Twilight Joe, right? Andrew Yang defending Joe, right? Isn't it cool? Uh, Andrew Yang defending Joe Rogan uh, until someone was hurt by his defense of Joe Rogan. And then he had to back off that. It's amazing. No one has choice anymore. I could say something and, and crush millions of people. Uh, I could do some past gas and, and offend so many people. Isn't it amazing we can offend everybody so easily? Uh, if you look yeah, you look at the news, it's just crazy. And you hear Prince Harry uh, really uh, has to take some time to himself when he's struggling from his burnout. You know, being a prince is not easy. And having people send, uh, spend, uh, give you millions of dollars just because of who you are okay, uh, isn't really terrific. easy. Yeah, it's, it's really tough. Did you hear John Hopkins uh, said basically after all the study, John Hopkins, the organization, part of the world, part of the liberal elite, said that all these lockdowns did nothing. What? All they did is damage. Yep, they did nothing. They didn't slow the spread. They didn't slow the death rate. They didn't do anything. They had absolutely no positive effect, only negative effect. But you won't hear that. Did you hear Roger Goodell uh, said it was unacceptable? the lack of diversity in the NFL in head coaching jobs. Uh, did Roger Gazelle address uh, the uh, problem with the adversity in the players? Last time I checked, I'm pretty sure 80% of the NBA players are black. How racist? What's going on here? Uh, and then I think 70% of all NFL football players are racist because they're, it's black. How is that possible? Why are they not letting white people play in the NFL? Why are they not letting white people? Do you see how silly this is? Because undoubtedly, uh, uh, people of color seem to be better at sports or certain sports, right? I mean, as a general, not everybody. See, it's all about choice. And America used to be the home of choice. And here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen, God gives us free will. He gives us choice. And I want you to consider this, that we have a choice about today. You know, I woke up early today, excited over all uh, I get to do before the clock strikes midnight. But I have responsibilities to fulfill today uh, that are important. My job is to choose the kind of the day I'm going to have. And you too. We're in control. And it's not easy. We're going through a battle. Man, this last two weeks, I have been under attack. I've been attacked by Christians, been attacked by non-Christians, been told by people in church that what I do is too, too focused on God. So I can choose. See, today I complain. I can complain about uh, the weather. Maybe it's rainier, uh, but I could also be thankful uh, that the grass is going to be watered for free, right? 
today I can feel sad that I don't have money, or I can be glad uh, that my finances encourage me to plan my purchases wisely and guide me away from waste. Today I can grumble about my health, or I can rejoice that I'm still alive and working and get healthier. Today I can lament over all that my parents didn't give me and all that they did to me when I was growing up, or I can feel grateful that they brought me into this world and they taught me things that no one else has ever learned. Today I can cry because roses have thorns, or I can celebrate that thorns have roses. Right? Do you see the choice? Today I can mourn my lack of friends, or I can excitedly embark upon a quest to discover new relationships. Today I can whine because I have to go to work, or I can shout for joy because I get to go to work. Today I can complain about having to take care of my kids. Or I could commit and really rejoice in getting to take care of my kids. Do you see what I'm saying? We're at choice. And the problem with all these brandings, the problem with all this racism and bigotry and hatred, I'm stunned that it's okay to be racist in America. You just got to be the white, white the right kind of racist, not the white kind, the right kind. Come on, right? man. Yeah, I know. And so, ladies and gentlemen, we're just going to get real here. And why does this matter? Because what happens to the individual eventually happens to the group. The saying is this, the philosophy of the classroom in one generation becomes a philosophy of government in the next. And here's the problem. In life, you know how we get better? We learn from our mistakes. We learn from our shortcomings. We learn, learn from our failures. And here's the problem. If nothing that you ever do wrong is your fault, if nothing that bad that ever happens to you is because of something you did or just because of the fact of life, then guess what? We never have to take a look at ourselves. We never have to, to be better. We never have to challenge ourselves or examine our life because everything bad that happens to me is because of the color of my skin and everything good that happens to me is just because I'm really good. Isn't that amazing that we can blame all the bad stuff on our skin color? But all the good stuff is all about us. So today on Like It Matters Radio, we're going to be covering the topic. We're all speaking the same language, but we're using different dictionaries. And my good friend, head of the pool movement, Mr. Adrian Lyles, will be with us after the break. I'm Black. We'll be right back. What's the matter with you people? I was joking. Don't you know a joke when you hear one? (laughs) Come on, man. Awakening impacts even the seasoned pros. Take a listen to these comments from Kevin, who recently attended Leadership Awakening. I've struggled with a lot of things. I've been in so many different trainings, followed Tony Robbins, John Maxwell, all these great self-development gurus, but I have never went through a training as difficult and as intense as that 48 hours that we went through. What we went through was absolutely amazing, and I'd love to share it with as many people as I could. I kept being told on how intense this training was going to be, that it was going to be difficult. And I mean, I've walked on hot fire. I've broken arrows. I've walked on glass. I've done so many things. I thought, how hard could this be? Well, the number one thing that I gained from Leadership Awakening was another level of awareness. If you're ready to go to another level of awareness, go to likeitmatters.net. Just click on Schedule to register for the next Leadership Awakening class near you. That's likeitmatters.net. Soaking up the sun in Fiji, walking through the Sculpture Garden in Minneapolis, or standing in awe at the Grand Canyon. We're where you are. 
Listen to Freedom 1570 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. For the life of your home, visit thinkami.com. Did Minnesota break your furnace? burst your pipes or fry your electrical panels air mechanicals team of professionals can be your backup call they come out right away not in weeks plus save an extra 15 percent off repairs when you become an air mechanical total solutions member stay healthy and warm this winter call or schedule at thinkami.com that's thinkami.com for the life of your home visit thinkami.com thefishtwincities.com is streaming your favorite contemporary christian artists like Matthew West, Toby Mack, for King and Country, and many more. Stream along at thefishtwincities.com, download the free app, or listen on your Amazon smart speaker. When I attended the Leadership Awakening workshop, I didn't know what to expect, but I was open. The tools taught at Leadership Awakening helped me discover things about myself that were holding me back from being all God created me to be. Providential? That word coins these life-changing classes because I now realize there are works God has already created for me to walk in, and these workshops helped me to see this more clearly. I received practical insights that I am already applying to be a more focused businesswoman, influential mom to my two teenagers, an eight-and-a-half-year-old son, and patient and passionate wife. I got rid of a lot of clutter in my head. BS, they call it, belief systems that were not serving me. If you want to know what it means to empower others instead of trying to control them, if you want to build a productive team in two days, if you want to press the reset button in your life and give yourself a fresh new beginning, then do yourself and your family a favor and attend the next Leadership Awakening. It's time the giant in you comes alive. Leadership Awakening is coming to a location near you. Details at likeitmatters.net. That's likeitmatters.net. We do not have a sense of humor we're aware of. Come on, man. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am black. And today on Like It Matters Radio, the topic is we're all speaking the same language, but we're using a different dictionary. And man, is it a crazy time we live in today, isn't it? Uh, it is amazing. And today we're going to go deep in the conversation about what's going on and how we're being programmed. And ladies and gentlemen, this is why I do what I do. Uh, I do leadership training. Uh, Adrian's actually a graduate of mine. Uh, leadership Awakening hasn't been through my other three classes, but he's been through my uh, my entry-level class, Leadership Awakening. He's head of an organization called Pool, and I'll let him explain all that. He's been on the radio with me a few times, but I do want to share one of his daily. He posts daily on Facebook, uh, and uh, since February is uh, Black History Month, he's been doing a daily post. And I just want to read you a short one uh, as I before I bring him on. It says, get to the back of the bus, Black History Day 4. He says, the typical public educator will always cover Rosa Parks during Black History Month. Since I'm offering this private history lesson for free, I'll cover Rosa as well. He says, one of my favorite hip-hop duos out of Atlanta are Titans called Outkast. Uh, the song titled Rosa Parks is a classic. The lyrics are, hush that, fush, uh, hush that fuss, anybody move, everybody move to the back of the bus. This is the reference to Rosa Parks' bus boycott that led her to get arrested. He said, I won't belabor the details of her altercation because that's likely all you'll ever, you've ever studied in school. I have no intention of disrespecting Ms. Parks. I simply pose very basic questions to encourage you to examine how long you will live under the indoctrination of the racial classification system of the 17th century. Rosa Parks is highly regarded in black history. She should command great respect for her voice against inequality and maltreatment based on skin shades. I still ask the very basic question of what does it mean to be black? 
Here's how history records Rosa's grandfather. Anderson McCauley was born in 1849 in Georgia, the son of Gyogi, a Creek Indian, and Charles McCauley, a soldier of Irish and Cherokee descent. I wouldn't suggest that because of Rosa's extraordinarily light brown skin color that she wasn't, quote, really black. I'm simply asking you to define the term, what is black? How does a person receive this coveted label? Her ancestors did not wear this black identity. How did it get bestowed upon her? One day we will realize that how we classify people today is without parameters. This creates an identity crisis. If people place their entire identity into a label that cannot be defined, they themselves have no identity at all. This is the real L in society. Those who propagate these labels while offering a definition to them are offering poison in a shiny cup. Accept whatever label you'd like. Just make sure you can put some substance to it. Who are you? And with that, I would like to introduce a gentleman who does know who he is, a friend of mine, a graduate of Leadership Awakening at Like It Matters, uh, Mr. Adrian Lyles. Adrian, thank you, my friend, for joining us today. Mr. Black, it is a pleasure to be back with you. Uh, yeah, it's uh, awesome. And real quick, uh, tell uh, our listeners again, what does POOL stand for? POOL is an acronym. It stands for People United in Life and Liberty. The idea is that we are all uh, one group of people who are in search of ultimately the same thing, and that is uh, the pursuit of life and liberty. And the, yep. the construct of race, it suggests that we are all the same. But we have the same desires, but we're not all the same people. And uh, our, our goal at Pull is to educate, empower, and encourage people to be the best version of themselves. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's very incredible because you and I do a similar thing, totally different approach, totally different mechanism, uh, totally different focus, if you will. But yet our outcome is exactly the same. You've been through my training. Uh, I know you as a friend. I call your friend. I call your brother. Uh, and it's interesting. When, when, when someone asks you about your people, Adrian, uh, how do you respond to that? Who are your people? You know, that's a great question. I was uh, I was thinking as I was listening to you read the my writings on Rosa Parks uh, about a conversation I had just yes, uh, a, few, a few days ago about that very topic. I was talking to someone who had mentioned Rihanna's new skin care uh, line. And they mentioned, they said, Rihanna is making makeup for us. And I said, <laughs> and I, I didn't, I didn't chuckle, yeah. uh, Scott. I Sorry, did, I, but Sorry. I, but I, I kept my, I kept my composure, and I said, yeah. "Well, who is us?" And they said, "For our people." And they went on to say that Rosa, I'm sorry, um, Rihanna has 58 different shades of browns and tones that match our skin shade. And I said, "Are you going to buy all 58?" <laughs> <laughs> or are you going to buy the one shade that works best for you, right? And when people talk about us and we and our people and my people and your people, the question is who are my brother? Who are yeah. my sister, right? Yeah. And if that's the, that's the problem, the challenge that I have with the racial construct is that it creates this collective identity based on melanin level. And it reduces people to their skin shade. Am I supposed to only a, a associate with people who share in similar skin shades as I do, as I have? It's, uh, it's, 
elementary to even think that way. It's actually beyond elementary to think that way. But this is what is taught, is that us is only people who have a similar skin tone, the most shallow aspect of our bodies, our skin, is the, the identity center of many people. And it's, it's quite sad that this yeah. is where people place their identity. And they're being programmed to do that. It's you know it's interesting. You you seen I, I love seeing your little boy. What's your little youngest boy's name again? Wyatt. Wyatt is the what the riot. Yeah, Wyatt's the riot. And so Benaya, Benaya's seven. How old's Wyatt? Wyatt's four. Okay, so uh, he's about the they're about the same size. You're a bigger guy than I am, so my kids are about <laughs> the same size. But my little boy Benaya loves people. Always does. And you know what he asked me the other day? Because we have three orphanages in, in uh, um, Gambia that we uh, support. I'm sorry, Uganda that we support. we got a family in Gambia we support, but in Uganda. Uh, and I, I don't know if you know this, uh, Adrian, all, but every single kid in that orphanage is, is black. They're all black. Just so you know, they're all black. All my people I work with there are black. I don't think I've ever seen a white person in Uganda uh, uh, on any of the pictures I've seen. So, but my son, so my son, we support them. We keep them alive. We brought fresh water, all that great stuff that so many of our, our people that donate to us help us do. But my little boy, who's as white as you can get, he asked me this about six months ago. He goes, Daddy, am I black? He actually asked me that question, Adrian. What? He asked me that question. Yeah, he asked me if he was black. And it was so stunning. I almost cried in a good way. I'm like, wow. Now, he knows color. He's a smart kid. For seven years old, he's going to 17. He's reading at a fourth grade level. Uh, but, man, when he said, Am I, I didn't know what. I just paused for a second. It was such a beautiful question. I wanted to record it and send it to you because it was so beautiful. Because... You know, 99.9% of our DNA is the same. This is what people don't get. You know, I study this. You and I talk about this stuff. You know, there are 3 billion genetic pairs uh, that make us up what we are. And so 99.9% of us are the same. I mean, you and I, uh, Adrian, come from the same, I call it God goo. Now, you're a, you're a much better version of the God goo that came out than I am. But, you know, we 99.9% of it is the same. It's in that 3 million pairs because that's one hundredth of one of three billion is or one thousandth is uh three million three million and in that difference your skin color is nothing more than a da marker dna marker the the shape of our eyes is nothing more than a dna marker the way our hair recedes or doesn't recede is a dna marker the ability to roll our tongues believe it or not i can't roll my tongue uh, is actually a genetic marker People don't know that, and it's just stunning. And so what we're doing now, we're taking our kids, and, and Dr. Adler, who's a famous psychologist, said by the time a child is five years old, a majority of their map of reality is in place. And that map of reality is the core construct that we make every decision based upon. And by the time we're five years old, and this is why now they want to teach the kids in elementary school about CRT. Uh, and man, to me, I think it's destroying them. Uh, it's going to set us up for something really, really bad. Wh- where do you think the things are going if they're not changed? If we don't change the conversation, if pool doesn't get bigger acknowledgement about what you're promoting, what path are we on? Do you think? Yeah, so that's a great question. I'll, I'll, I'll touch CRT a little. You know, a few years ago, I was a little hesitant to touch CRT because the wave was so strong, you would get knocked over like a tsunami if you were trying yeah. to oppose the ideology. I think there's been some some very vocal people who have been opposing the 
the construct of critical race theory itself. The, the problem I have with CRT is that, one, it's ahistorical. A lot of the components of critical race theory are not rooted in accurate history. And not to say that what's taught in schools today is accurate history, because there are some things that, are, that kids are taught in school today that are not aligned with true accounts of history. I um, agree. The, the, the difference with CRT is that it's almost intentionally inherently malicious and designed to paint groups of people, not individual unique people, but paint entire groups of people as either victim or villain. And that it breeds a it's breeding ground for a contest between those groups and nothing good will come from that. If you sit two kids in a classroom and you pit them against each other and tell one of them that they are the victim and the other one that they are the villain, they will they will develop this animus yep. between each other. And that's the only thing that will come from that. There is no sense of restoration or sense of, you know, reparative social uh, you know, moves with this entire segment of CRT. It's designed to create tension. And it's not designed to educate. It's not designed to present history. Most people are okay with that. If you want to talk about the ills of America and the historical yeah. troubles that we've had in our past and still have, we still have some things that challenge us yeah. in, in America today. But that's not what we're talking about with CRT. We're talking no. about you know, a lot of um, theoretical uh, ideas yeah. that put people Let's against each other. We're going to a hard break here. I want to pick up on that animus because what we're seeing in America all around us is agitation, animosity, and I want to address that when we come back. So I am Mr. Black. Today we're talking to Adrian Lyles. We're asking the question, what does it mean to be black? We'll be right back. Take a listen to these words about Like It Matters Leadership Awakening from a recent attendee. Leadership Awakening is like nothing else. It's incomparable to any other training that I've been through, and that's executive professional communication training to, to how to hold a fork. It, the, the Leadership Awakening is a deep mental experience where I was forced to challenge my mind in a way that I've never been challenged before. And it's, there's nothing like it. There's, there's, there's no way to explain it with words. You have to experience it. Leadership Awakening. Change your heart. Change your mind. Change your life. Go to likeitmatters.net slash schedule for the next Leadership Awakening. It's not only changing lives, it's saving lives. That's likeitmatters.net slash schedule. This is important news. If you have unfiled tax returns, the IRS is shifting gears and ramping up investigations on non-filers this year. If you fail to file your tax returns for a year or more, or you owe back taxes, now's the time to call Optima Tax Relief before the IRS finds you. Optima is America's number one most trusted tax resolution firm, specialized in helping individuals, families, and businesses get right with the IRS. They're experts in the Taxpayer Relief Initiative, a powerful new program that can make resolving tax issues easier. A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau, Optima's award-winning team has helped thousands of people protect their paychecks, bank accounts, homes, and businesses by putting their tax problems to rest, resolving over $1 billion in tax debts for their clients. Call Optima now for a free consultation. Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. 
We are all in the construction business, constructing memories, relationships, new ideas, and a legacy that will outlive us. Life is best imagined as a construction project. Hey, can we get that backhoe over here? At Like It Matters, we craft tools and teach you how to use them. Mr. Black has a bevy of tools to help you build your life into your dream. One of those tools is individual life counseling. The best analogy is a life caddy, because sometimes you just need another set of eyes. A second tool, books by Mr. Black, always opening up your mind. Third, workshops, where we teach people how they work and how to function at a higher level. And don't forget the daily radio show, Like It Matters, at 11 a.m. on Freedom 1570. Nice job. That's it for today. Wrap it up. Contact Mr. Black at mr.black at likeitmatters.net. Building a better you today. Likeitmatters.net. Helping people live their lives like they matter. That's mr.black at likeitmatters.net. Discover the tools to build your relationships, your vision, and your life. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am black. And today, we're talking about how we all seem to be talking the same language, but we're using different dictionaries. And today, we're kind of focusing in on a question. It's not about that question. It's just that question takes us through a gate. And that question is, what does it mean to be black? Because there seems to be a lot of conflict and a lot of agitation, a lot of anger being built up. You know, I I send out a daily scriptural text every day, uh, and it's addressed to each person in three different roles. One is warrior, uh, two is leader, and three is conduit. And the first one is warrior because we're fighting a good fight, and there's conflict around us. And if you think about how things are written, a conflict in a story is usually the element that gives direction to the story. And typically, it's comprised of two opposing forces. It's very similar in life. Establishing a conflict or multiple conflicts creates interest and tension in a story. In life, though, it creates an environment that can either make us better by learning and growing or bitter by playing victim and feeling attacked. And the need to defend ourselves is so great or give in. There can always be multiple types of conflict in story. And by the way, I want you to know there are basically four basic conflicts that are used in literature. And what Adrian and I are talking about today are all these conflicts are wrapped up in this race question. The first conflict is man versus man. Conflicts of this nature involve characters having opposite desires and interests. This is common in fairy tales, myths, thrillers, and mystery novels. Then you have man versus nature. This type of conflict has a protagonist in conflict with an animal or force of nature. But might I suggest that what the real man versus nature day is our own nature, our sin nature, uh, our flesh, that we want what we want and we don't want what God wants for us. Number three is man versus society. With this type of conflict, the protagonist will stand against the whole of society. That's what Adrian's doing. That's what we're doing on this radio show. And then number four, man versus self. And this is the true battle. This is what uh, many, many Muslims call uh, antifada, right? It is man versus self. This type of conflict stems from the main character's inner struggle. There's usually a theme of selecting between two options, such as good or evil, logic and emotion. Today, it's racist or not racist. But that one word right there defines so much. And so today, we're having a good friend, a graduate, a brother who uh, runs a, a movement called the Pull Movement. 
all about deconstructing the construct of race. So let's welcome back Adrian Lyles. Say again, Adrian, I appreciate I know you're a busy man. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. No, thank you. Yeah. So you were talking about this animosity. And let me ask you, uh, you're a child of God. You know, we were talking the first segment or second segment. We said, uh, uh, who are your people? And, you know, you and I have talked about this. And I always go to the Bible. My standard of truth is always scripture. Oh, it's, I know you're as well. You're a child of God first and foremost. And I remember Jesus uh, was in there telling people in the house. I don't remember what city he was in, uh, but he was telling people in the house. Basically, it was God. And someone ran out the door. I know it was. This is backstory, not in the Bible. And went to get Mary. He said, Mary, you got to come. Jesus is really stirring things up. He's telling people he's God. And so in the, in the Bible, I think it's the sixth chapter of John, it says someone comes up to Jesus and says, oh, Jesus, I think, I think the paraphrase, oh, God, your mother and brother outside. We said, oh, Jesus, your mother and brother outside. And this is what Jesus said. He said, who is my mother? Who is my brother? But he or she who does the will of my father, that is my mother. That is my brother. And so I asked the question myself, if, who are my people? I've, I've never had a closeness with someone because they were white. Uh, never, ever, ever in my life. Uh, you're my brother. You're black. I'm white. You're good looking. I'm not. You're thin. I'm fat. You know, I gave you the, the opposite of all that stuff. And I love you. You know that. You love me. So this animosity, number one, what, what's behind the animosity? And number two, what do you think the intent of the animosity is? Well, so I think to answer your question, Scott, the what's behind it, it is a deeper spiritual aspect that's taking place in our world that people don't even realize that they're being swayed by an ideology, right? When I ask the question of what does it mean to be black or white, it's not to offend people who embrace these identities. It's to, it's to challenge them to simply answer that question. And what, what a person will do is when they go and examine that question, they will realize is that they have been given this shallow identity for the purpose, to answer your second question, for the purpose of being controlled. Yep. It is for the purpose of being controlled. You know, I've deeply studied the construct of race. The idea that there is a black man and there is a white man is a very new construct. And I mean, just a few hundred years old. This is not, you talked about Jesus. In the days of Jesus, there was not this collective group of people based on skin shade. That's not how people group together. The primary ways that people group together based in, throughout history was first through familial or ancestral connections, right? Biological brothers, right? If you had yep. Cain and Abel, you go back to the beginning, and yep. uh, you, you had biological brothers. And then people shared a similar culture, which was centered around different languages. We talked yep. about in this uh, show today, speaking the same language, people grouped yep. together who spoke and speak the same languages. That's still true today. The people in France speak French. The people in Spain speak Spanish. You know, yep. The people yep. in Russia speak Russian. This is still true today. This, this idea yep. that people group together based on melanin concentration is designed to control the populations and to establish a hierarchy. And when, when, when governments and institutions can do that, then they are in control of the minds of the people. Because as long as we see ourselves as members of a collective, we no longer see ourselves as the individual uniquely created people that we are and recognize the power that has been bestowed upon us to, to, to go out into the world and proclaim that I am 
created for a purpose. And if I, if I can convince you that you don't actually matter, Mr. Black, you don't actually matter. You're just a member of a group and take this number and check this box. You yeah. then suffer from an identity crisis, and I now control you. So that's what it's all yeah. about. It's all about psychological control. It's about economic control. It's about political control and institutional control. It's, it's about controlling the minds of people. And so it's, it's yeah. deeper than just you know, skin color. Well, and, and God tells us the battles in the mind. See, this is, this is why I approach, and you've been through my training, so I approach man as a three-part being because that's what we are. You know, we have a body that's a machine. Uh, you know, we got to take care of it. We got to feed it. We got to water it. We got to detoxify it. We got to do all those things. Otherwise, it acts differently. So you got a body. Uh, the mind runs the body. The, the Bible tells us the battles in the mind. Uh, you know, to transform your thinking, to not conform to the thinking of this world, to, to hold your thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ, to focus only on those things that are good and pure, to to guard your heart because all the issues, I mean, all through Scripture, I think 400 times God tells us, do not fear. And to me, Adrian, this is all about fear, and it's all about the devil. I know we don't like to talk about the devil. He's a real uh, adversary. He's a defeated foe, but the most powerful creature ever made. Uh, And the devil, I've always learned this a long time ago, the devil is always uh, accusing the brethren. And when you think about what he's accusing us, he's accusing us of our past. He really can't accuse us of our future because we haven't been done anything yet. So he's focusing us on our future, and that really is what all this stuff's about. This racism, this CRT, the 1619 Project. Talk about rewriting history. 1619 Project, if you study that, that's just that's farcical. That's just crazy. So we're all wrapped up in the past. We want to go back to 1619, to 1776, to 1812, to 1911, to 1984, to 2001. And that's the devil. Uh, I remember Carmen years ago wrote a great song, and in it the line was, when the devil reminds you of your past, you just remind him of his future. And, and that's what's going on. We seem to be wrapped up in the past. Uh, do you see that? Absolutely. It is, and it's toxic. I, I think you're you're saying that very thing. To be focused, to be focused on yesterday blinds us from tomorrow. Now that doesn't mean that we ignore the past, right? Yeah. I know, you know this, right? Yeah. It doesn't mean that yeah. we ignore. We learn from the past. Yeah. We build for the future. But what we have today is a society of people that only want to not only, as you said, not only focus on the past, spend time rewriting it, trying to rewrite history. And it's like, look, I'm going to take what I've learned from the past and build upon that for the future. I'm not going to dwell on it. My ancestors are not me, and I am not my descendants. I am a uniquely created person with a purpose, and so are those who will come after me. Yeah. And I don't think yeah. that people... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just saying, you're absolutely right. But what I'm hearing through all this is fear. See, what's happening now is fear. Like you said, even early on, the CRT movement, as powerful as it was, I mean, these people are making $40,000 uh, who are p- pushing this propaganda. They're making $40,000 to show up and open their mouth for an hour. Our, our, our woke institutions, school boards are paying them. Uh, government, Democratic government are paying these people tens of thousands of dollars to spew this, and it really is all about fear. And I learned a long time ago uh, through reading that Bible that 400 times almost God tells us do not fear. Why would our creator, the one who made us, tell us something so many times? It's the number one command in the Bible because I believe that God, our creator, knows how fear affects us. 
uh, and it brings out the worst in us. And we're in a culture of fear. Would you agree? Absolutely. You you see it. There's there's a direct correlation between race relations in America right now and pandemic response. And I know that's not the center of the topic, but I think that that's right on. Major, you, yep. You can't you can't have a conversation in 2022 about fear and not discuss the pandemic because there is a direct correlation between how people respond when they are afraid of something. You go back a hundred years ago. Hey, Adrian, 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 let's keep this. This is a great segue in the next. I want you to pick up right when we pick up because you're right on. I think you hit it spot on the how people respond to fear. And it doesn't matter where that fear is or what it's focused on, but fear brings out the worst in us. So let's pick up this conversation after the break. Today, we're talking with Adrian Lyles. The question being, what does it mean to be black? We'll be right back. Oh, we don't play that. Awakening impacts even the seasoned pros. Take a listen to these comments from Kevin, who recently attended Leadership Awakening. I've struggled with a lot of things. I've been in so many different trainings, followed Tony Robbins, John Maxwell, all these great self-development gurus, but I have never went through a training as difficult and as intense as that 48 hours that we went through. What we went through was absolutely amazing, and I'd love to share it with as many people as I could. I kept being told on how intense this training was going to be, that it was going to be difficult. And I mean, I've walked on hot fire. I've broken arrows. I've walked on glass. I've done so many things. I thought, how hard could this be? Well, the number one thing that I gained from Leadership Awakening was another level of awareness. If you're ready to go to another level of awareness, go to likeitmatters.net. Just click on Schedule to register for the next Leadership Awakening class near you. That's likeitmatters.net. Sightseeing in Paris, at the Mall in Bloomington, or on horseback in Dallas. We're where you are. Listen to Freedom 1570 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. For all your electrical, Early Bird Electric is the local company you can trust. Early Bird is known as the troubleshooting experts, and they specialize in old homes wiring and repair. Whole home rewires? Check. Emergency service? Check. Adding an outlet so you can charge your darn iPad in the kitchen without fighting the kids? Check. Early Bird Electric does it all. And did I mention same-day service? 612, the bird. Mention AM 1280, the Patriot, and your trip charge is free with repair purchase. 612, the bird. 612, the bird. Take Freedom 1570 with you wherever you go by downloading our app. Listen to your favorite shows, see our social media posts, enter exclusive contests, and more. All from the app. Just search for Freedom 1570 in the App Store. Take a listen to this comparison of other training to Leadership Awakening. For probably two-thirds of my 30-year law enforcement career, I spent time in supervision and management, so I've been to a lot of leadership training. Been there, done that, got the t-shirt. I went to a leadership course in California where I worked, and it's an eight-month program. I went through that program. I went back later on as a facilitator, so I, I taught leadership. What we did in class was completely different than any other leadership program that I've been through. I mean, in 48 hours of leadership training in your program, it was just, it was dynamic. It was intense. It was powerful. 
you know, it was, it was amazing. It was amazing. Leadership Awakening. Change your heart. Change your mind. Change your life. Go to likeitmatters.net slash schedule for the next Leadership Awakening. Always bet on black. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. And today, your hour of power, you got a twofer. You got Mr. Black and you got Mr. Lyles. And Adrian, thanks again for joining us. And hey, real quick, tell people how they can connect with Pool Movement, how they can read up to you about you, connect with you. How do they do that? Yeah, sure. You can reach us on online at Let us pull.com you can also reach our social media pages at uh, the pull movement and so search the pull movement you can find us and anytime you're you're in north georgia stop by I'd love to sit down and have a cup of coffee and he means that just so you know he means that i watch him on facebook a lot but uh, hey you were talking about fear and we were talking about i, I believe that fear was uh, joe biden's running mate uh, I believe that they needed the pen. It was. It wasn't Kamala Harris. It was fear. It was. There was only. That was the only way he could get 80 million votes mailed in for him. Uh, it was fear. They had to afraid. That's what January 6th about fear. Uh, that's what uh, anybody that protests against what the government's doing. Their white nationals fear. When our president can say that the biggest enemy of America are white Christians. That you talk about fear. So talk about fear and how people respond to fear, the pandemic, this racism, uh, that train of thought you had before a break. Uh, uh, let's take that. Yeah, it's a, it's totally correlated. It, you understand how the mind and the body works in this way. Yep. Go back and look. If, for those who are not familiar with birth of a nation, go back and do some research on the psychological aspect of that piece of literature and movie. You you have the the vision that's being painted that people with dark skin colors are are violent, villainous, hypersexualized beings that will rape your daughters and rob your stores unless aha, we have a savior, the Ku Klux yep. Klan. If yep. you support us, we will protect you from yep. this vile attack. Yep. And the same is it's exactly the same when it comes to the pandemic yep. response. You incite fear and then present yourself as the savior. Yep. And people cannot see that. And what it is, it, there again, it goes back to being all about control and people who give in to it. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that the, the disease for which we're trying to be cautious is not a real disease, but it is clear that what we have done in terms of response to this pandemic is all about control. The way that yeah. the governments have responded, the way that businesses and institutions have responded, and it has very little to do with actual biological ailments, more so capturing and holding on to power as much as you can. And that's why race exists in America today. It's because yep. of institutions that use it for power from our political institutions, even to our healthcare institutions, use the construct of race for a power struggle. Look at, uh, you know, the University of Harvard right now is currently being sued because Asian migrants are saying that, and it's true, if you look at the data, uh, someone who checks the box of Asian as they apply for admission into the University of Harvard, they have to have higher test scores, SAT scores, and higher um, scores all across the board to get in relative to someone who checks any other box. 
And yep. it's like, wait a minute. I thought that was back in the day that used to be called racist. Yep. And these institutions hold on to this structure to uh, to feed the machine. Because if you could say, look, we're diverse institutions, so come to us, give us your money, f- fund our endowment because we are quote unquote diverse. It's all about power and money. And, yeah. it, and what it does, it, it attacks people who are actually trying hard to, to live the American dream. Yeah, and what it does is it takes that word. So I love that. Take that word racism, uh, and they're using it wrong. So the word racism, you know me, I'm an etymologist by trade. You and I both have a love for words, and so we love words. The word racism, the definition, I don't care what you get to one of these books to rewrite it as today. The definition of racism is using skin color as a determining factor. Keep it simple, soldier. Don't make it complicated, right? The enemy's number one weapon formed against us is confusion. So uh, you've got to keep it simple. And Dr. King, I love Dr. King. Looking forward to talking with him someday on the Sea of Glass. But I love his quote. His quote was, you cannot drive out darkness with darkness. Only light can do that. You cannot drive out hate with hate. Only love can do that. And I always say, let me finish his logical thought. You cannot drive out racism with racism. Only understanding can do that. What say you? Ah, uh, you hit the you hit the crux of the matter, uh, Doctor Ibram. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, Ibram X. Kendi would disagree with you, uh, Mister Black. Yeah. He suggests yeah. he theorizes that in order to to fix past racism, we must yep. enact current racism. Yeah. And in order to deal with current racism, we must implement future racism so he disagrees with you he says that you know (laughs) racism is the cure for racism yeah isn't that amazing and it's the media what people don't get is there's a squawk box called the media that's part of the 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 deep state i mean i always say this uh it offends people we are no different than china or russia today we don't follow after god uh we have state-run media uh we attack and imprison our political opponents now there's no freedom you got censorship if you, it goes against the government facebook bans it blocks it kicks you out i mean you see we're pretty similar to our enemies we become like those countries we despise isn't that weird it is it is yeah but then again you and i both know that this is uh this this is just all temporary uh this world yep. is not my home and it's not your home and it's, nope. it, we're just the, I'm just trying to be a light in a dark world, and I know you are as well. And, yep. and that's that's all we can we're called to do is just be a light in in, in a dark world. And, and some people will well, see it, and some people won't. Yeah, and this is what I want to address because you talked about it's an identity crisis. You know, I teach psychologically. You know this, and uh, so you got the logical levels of change, and there's six levels that we put beliefs on. The top level is spirit. Below that's identity. Below that is belief systems and values. Below that's capabilities. Below that uh, is behavior. And below that's environment. And change takes place from the top down, not from the bottom up. I always say you can take an alcoholic out of a bar. You can change their environment, which is the lowest one. They're still an alcoholic. Uh, but when you have a spiritual change, that's where it all changes. When you change your God, then you change your identity. When you change your identity, you change your beliefs and your values. When you change those, you change your capabilities. When you change those, you change your behaviors. When you change those, you change where you hang out. That's how it works. And uh, there's this great guy, I fell in love with this, Dr. Everett uh, Piper, uh, really incredible. And he wrote an article 
the critical race is the opposite of Christianity. He says the gospel is not about revenge for injustice. It's about forgiveness. And so anybody who calls himself a child of a risen king, a follower of the God of the Bible, it's impossible to believe in CRT. Uh, his quote here said he, he got called up by someone to get his views why he opposes CRT if he's supposed to be this loving guy. And he said that he told the reporter that he's against CRT because it's the exact opposite of the gospel of Christ. And the, the reporter was stunned. He goes, how so? He said, well, I said, first of all, CRT is grounded in revenge. Second, while it preaches justice, it talks nothing about per- forgiveness. And third, it is driven by conflict rather than confession. And he says, finally, CRT is the opposite of Christianity because it ignores the core message of Christ. It's completely void of forgiveness. Wow. Yeah, that's good. Isn't that powerful? I find that agreeable. Yeah, I find that agreeable. That's a, well, a true statement. Amen, amen. So what what is your hope with the pool move? What's your outcome? Why the pool move? What's your outcome? You, you, you nailed it when talking about identity. You, I see we have studied deeply an identity crisis in America. Our premise is rooted in very basic principles, love thy neighbor as thyself. And here's the challenge. You cannot love your neighbor as you love yourself if you don't love yourself. And this cannot happen. This cannot happen when we don't have an understanding of from whence we've come. If we don't know our purpose, if we don't have an identity that's rooted in substance, then we can't love ourselves because what's left is just a shell. And so we hope through the pull movement to restore a sense of identity, a sense of purpose into people so that they can love that created being that's within them. And then they can love their neighbor. Amen. Well put, well put. Let's put a crescendo there or, or exclamation point. So thank you, my friend. I know you're a busy, man. God bless you. And if there's anything I can do to help with what you're doing, because I believe in it wholeheartedly, you let me know, okay, my friend? It's always good to talk to you. Thank you. All right, buddy. God bless you, brother. Bye-bye. Ladies and gentlemen, you don't have to be swayed. You can stand up and speak the truth. It's hard today, but when you know who you are and you know why you're here, then what to do is a lot easier. But most importantly, you've got to know whose you are. Because if you're a child of the risen king, then you have no place for this hatred. You are under construction on the Like It Matters radio network. I am Mr. Black, helping you become more hopeful about your future, reminding you when you live your life like it matters. It does. I don't think that's funny. What's the matter with you people? I was joking! Don't you know a joke when you hear one? I'm funny how? <laughs> You're funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you? Say that. The institutions use the markets to create income and get better returns for their investors. They are consistent year after year using tools that most people know nothing about. Learn the skills to invest and trade with the institutions at a free investing class in our local Twin City Center or virtually at 952-814-4410. Discover the tools the institutions use daily at Online Trading Academy, 952-814-4410, or go to learnwithota.com. The power of the Christian education is that our children can make their decisions and their sound decisions, and it just makes them better adults. Hi, I'm Jeff. Hi, I'm Trish. 
and we're from Oakdale. Jeff and Trish use the half-off tuition program for both of their sons' Christian education. That's half price for the first year of tuition at participating Twin Cities schools. The half-off tuition program was better than we could have ever imagined for our family. Details at TwinCitiesTuitions.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.